Hi everyone, and welcome to the DevMar Debugged podcast, where experts from top companies all over the world share their insights on everything developer marketing. So today we're speaking to Sydney Meister, uh, VP of Developer Relations at API-Matic, um, about how developer experience can support sales and marketing. Um, so hi Sydney, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, so before we jump into the topic of today, I thought you could tell listeners a little bit about yourself and what led you to developer relations. Sure. So uh, like a lot of folks in developer relations, I came here through a, a very unusual path. I actually studied history and was going to be a high school history teacher before I decided that uh uh, life in technology was more interesting. So I took a, a pivot pretty early on and I've been self-taught uh, programming. I spent a decade developing e-commerce websites and content management systems. And at a certain point, I started getting involved in developer communities, organizing meetups and going to conferences. And that led me to my first developer evangelist job at PayPal back in 2011. So mm. I've been doing this for quite a while. And after that, I skipped around to a couple companies. My longest stint was seven years with Zero, a cloud accounting software platform out of New Zealand, which was a great experience. I was able to work with that team and uh, build out our app marketplace and partner program there. And recently I've uh, moved into the tools space because while I was at zero, I was actually building their SDK program. So we built that all in-house and I'm now at API-Matic where we actually do that for companies. Oh, wow. So a lot of things, different things that you've done and going from history to that. So, so you always had interest in technology, really? Yeah, actually, I... Um, I was a musician and oh, wow. I was writing music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, and it's funny, you actually meet a lot of engineers who do have uh, musical backgrounds. I, maybe there's something about how the brain works with mm. music and, and technology. But yeah, I was writing and composing music on my computer. And after trying a couple different jobs, I, I just reflected on what do I enjoy? And I would just get lost in writing music on the computer. And I thought, there's got to be something here. There's got to be a way to make a living doing something that I enjoy. So that's kind of how I fell into it. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. Wow. So, so many different things. I, I do take your point there. Like, I love music as well. And when I was younger, I played a lot of piano for many, many years. It's not something I do anymore. But yeah, it just feels like it kind of works your creative side. But also, it's hard work. So it's both at the same time. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, could you tell me also a little bit about your uh, current company now, API-Matic, just what you do, what you offer? Sure, yeah. So I'm, I joined uh, at the end of 2022 as their VP of Developer Relations, and we're a fairly small team, and so I get to wear lots of hats. Uh, in addition to developer outreach and awareness, I'm thinking about our marketing uh, programs as well as the developer experience overall. So from 
the point that we introduce someone to the product all the way to helping our customer success team understand how our our customers are enjoying and experiencing our product so I can offer advice there as well. And API-Matic itself is kind of an interesting product. It's a product for building developer experiences. And we do that by working with companies to help them take their open API specifications and use them to generate SDKs in multiple languages. And in addition to the code libraries that we build, we generate documentation that is specific to the language. We create all the code samples to show developers how to use those uh, code libraries. And we also have an interactive documentation. Uh, so there's a lot that comes out of the product and it can all be added to a, a CI CD pipeline. So you can really automate the building of it because we found one of the real problems is not just building SDKs, but how do you keep them up to date and maintained as your API changes? And so that's what we're really trying to help is uh, help companies not have to hire a huge team to build and maintain their their SDKs as part of that overall experience. Again, so you just offer a lot of stuff, which kind of goes with your wearing a lot of hats uh, background yeah. as well. So it seems perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what you mentioned about developer experience, which is also, you know, part of our topic of today, I kind of um, want to explore that a little bit more. Uh, we're hearing about this term a lot more than before, I'd say, you know, usually used to be just developer relations. Now you can hear a lot more about developer experience. So why do you think this is emerging, this new um, designation? Is this something that is it the same thing as DevRel or? Yeah, that's a great question. I, it's something I've been thinking about a lot because when I left Zero, I was the developer, what was that? Gosh, what was that? I was head of developer evangelism and I had been uh, an evangelist or an advocate. I sort of use those terms interchangeably. Uh, but when I left and went to a new company, Lob, I actually talked with them about my title and I, I thought director of developer experience was more appropriate for the kind of work that needed to be done. And for me, developer relations had been focused more on the relationships, right? The conversations you have with developers, building community, uh, working with uh, you know advocacy content, going out to events. But it always, for me, omitted some of the engineering work. And I felt that developer experience was a bigger umbrella that allowed us to go beyond relations. Uh, so in a way, developer relations is uh, a pillar of developer experience and uh, it incorporates some of the building of SDKs, of building of tools, whether those, you know, those could be command line tools. There's so many things that we can build to improve the developer experience. We should have a term that encompasses it. Now, that's my interpretation. I imagine there's other people out there helping to shape this term because it is sort of new. I agree. It's I'm seeing it in lots of people's titles now, and I don't think it's synonymous, but I think a lot of people who were who did have a developer relations title in the past are now getting developer experience engineer is their title now. And I think it's maybe adding a, a bit more, you know, description, I think, to what they actually do. 
Hmm. So it would be kind of, you know, adding value to the customer, which in this case would be obviously the developer. So, but including a lot more than um, just those conversations, the community, um, that's sort of what you, you mean, just to that, clarify. That's, yeah. yeah, that's the way I sort of define mm -hmm. it is that it's helping to, um, it's helping to encompass more than just the activities that a typical developer advocate or developer relations person mm. does. And when you get a term like that, you could say the definition is it encompasses every event or interaction that a developer experiences. And when you put that lens on it, you're really saying it's not just one team's job, it's it's everyone at the company's job from customer support to sales and engineering to the product teams that are building the APIs mm. or the, the technology. Like developer experience is everyone's job, but having someone with that in their title means that they have a, an extra level of investment and they're championing that uh, internally at the company, I would say. So why would you... Uh... Why do you feel that it should be there should there should exist this cross functionality? You know, there should be several teams kind of pitching in together and helping create this developer experience. Yeah, I th I think that uh, if if you look at traditionally how companies get organized, you get uh, a sales team with a, a leader who's the sales leader. You get a marketing team with a leader. You get an engineering team with a leader and. Sometimes they have a separate product team or sometimes product and engineering are merged. And what you've got is this, I, I would call it a, a bit of a gap between those two groups. If you say engineering is on one side and maybe sales and marketing on the other and developer experience or traditionally developer relations acts as a bit of a bridge between their, those two because they are more forward facing like marketing and sales. Mm -hmm but have a, a technically typically have a technical background or a technical understanding of the product and they're they're really focused on how can we translate what the engineering teams are building into a product that can be sold how do we communicate this the best way and they sort of help with that translation layer and and they actually feed back to the engineering teams what they're hearing from the customer as well. So they're a bit of a proxy. And in, in fact, uh, when I'm at API-matic, I often join, join conversations with our product and engineering team and act as the customer because I've been in those shoes for several years and mm. it's easier than them having to try to book an interview with a customer who's probably pretty busy. I can act as a bit of a proxy for them. Right. That's really fascinating that um, it kind of feels like it's everyone feeding into everyone's role. So kind of everyone yeah. just pitching in together. I think that's really important as well. So that everyone doesn't just work in silos and as you hear uh, so often. Yeah. 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 I think the saddest thing that can happen is if you, if you have these barriers between the teams and especially uh, a marketing team, because they really rely on other folks who have a deep technical understanding of the product to to collaborate with them and to work with them. And sometimes the engineers get so focused on building the product that they they don't have time or 
when they talk, they they talk at a very deep technical level, and it can be it can be tough for marketing uh, teams to to translate that. And I, I, I'm going to say this: I think everyone probably knows this, but the customer when the customer is a developer, you have to speak their language. And if you use a lot of hype or a lot of fluff, uh, they get really turned off and typically don't trust the product or what you're sharing with them because they are naturally skeptical and they uh, they have a, a a bit of a bs meter that goes off when they they see that kind of marketing jargon and so that's where that collaboration is so important because you want to build credibility with your audience i think right so that would be where the x or the x team you know could sort of be in place to support them and to kind of help the marketer or the sales team develop that uh, not exactly technical skills but technical knowledge i suppose just being able to um explain something to a developer that the developer doesn't think oh you know you don't really understand what you're saying and this is a bit strange yeah 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 and and it's depending on how the different teams are organized and resourced sometimes you have a technical writer who's part of the developer experience team which is really valuable for a, a sales and marketing mm. team sometimes you don't have a lot of resources and the developer experience can uh people someone in that team can act as an editor or someone who's just can validate the marketing message that you're putting out there so they may not be able to write it for you but uh, they should be able to make time to validate that you're actually hitting all the right notes uh, in that uh, message or like I was working with API-Matic on building a one-page brochure for our events that we're going to be going to this year and there was a lot of uh, iterations we did to make sure that we were communicating uh, clearly, concisely, and uh, truthfully <laughs> about <laughs> wh what the product does and what it delivers. And that's another thing I, I feel really strongly about is uh, when I write a blog post, being very clear and concise. And so I'll do five, six iterations on a piece of content to make sure I'm saying it in as few as words as possible but still getting the point of cross because I I respect the people who are reading my content and I don't mm. want to waste their time with unnecessary uh, words or fluff that I could kind of throw in there to make it sound really exciting. I want to just get to the point and give them the information that they need. Yeah, especially because as you were saying before, they will spot that a mile away, right? The, the whole yeah. BS meter is like, oh, you know, I know you tried to sell me a product. I was just going to say, and and if you're if you're creating content and you're attracting them and you're basically attracting them to your content, they, they're showing up there because you've you've hit on something that's of interest to them. So there's actually a lot less selling I think needs to happen at that point. It's more educating. And mm. as long as you're, as long as that's your focus is to educate the, the developer who's your customer, then you're on a really good path towards building that trust and credibility. So that would be for you, uh, the ideal sort of DX, what, what, what it looks like the developer experience, would that be more of an education approach then just a bit more factual yeah i think that there's 
there's an ed- education aspect. Now, um, does education always have to involve really deep technical diagrams and and, and uh, code samples? Um, it can, but there's also a level of education around the business value. And I think that's something that we always have to remind ourselves is not everyone who shows up at your site to learn about your product is necessarily the person who's going to be building on the technology. There's other stakeholders Mm. and you need to be able to also communicate the business value because those folks want to be able to understand, you know, this is going to, I have to come up with the budget for this. Is it going to actually help us achieve our our goals and our objectives? So yeah, it's a real uh, challenge. I, I, I would say developer experience is hard mm. and it's probably why we keep talking about it is because uh, so few companies really nail it and we have to keep pushing ourselves to do better. Yeah. And I suppose while we work for one company, might not work for another. So everyone needs to try different things and see what what works for them. And um, just to touch on what you just said, um, I find uh, I find that interesting that um, developer experience is hard and you have several stakeholders to take into account. So how do you find that balance if you have, you know, a developer, but also someone who you're trying to sell a product to, but who doesn't have that technical knowledge skills, you know, say um, project manager or, you know, someone who, uh, you kind of need to, you, you need to sell to both and kind of finding yeah. a way of attracting to both. How do you strike that balance? Yeah. 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 I would say it, typically it starts with uh, making sure that the audiences can self-direct to the information that's important to them. So I've definitely gone to a site, land on their homepage and like a lot of developers, I, I immediately look for where's the menu item that says developers, so I can click into that because I want to understand like what do they what are they offering technically. Uh, but then there's other things like, well, someone else might be more interested in the pricing, right? So they're going to go to the pricing page, and so having those paths for your different personas to traverse is mm. important. And then I would say that depending on where each persona is in the journey, whether they're evaluating the product versus building a proof of concept, you're going to need different levels of technical content. So a getting started guide is great for someone who is wants to actually start you know, getting hands-on and experience the product, but maybe you want to offer a way for them to interact with your API directly from your documentation without having to download any code and set up their IDE. So you can have different sort of entry points into the experience based on where they are in the journey and how technical they are or how technical they want to get at that moment in time. And so having multiple paths with multiple layers, I think uh, means you're going to be able to cater to those different uh, stakeholders, which is it's like I said, it's hard, but um, 
the worst thing I think you can do is to think that there's just one happy path that mm. everyone's going to go down this one path and it's going to be like a funnel. And, and if you've been around <laughs> for a while, you know, developers kind of bob in and out of your sphere of influence. And they, t there's so many touch points that they might experience before they actually sign up and try your product out that you want to work really hard to make each of those touch points to be a positive interaction. And, and this is where it really goes beyond uh, your, your, your DX team or your um, and, and goes into other teams, right? Like social media, how you interact on social media with a developer audience, that's a, that's a real opportunity to leave a, a positive uh, impression on them so that, they are more likely to take that next step in the journey. So everyone's got a role to play, I feel, in that uh, DX. Right, yeah. I was just going to say having all these different paths and touch points that would make you know, sales, marketing, and social media, as you just said, their lives quite a lot easier then because you might not be able to market you know, the code sample, but you can do other things. You can help um, support uh, the client and the DX team by you know, uh, utilizing other resources, I suppose, then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so still in the same vein, I suppose, uh, what would you say would be the main thing when it comes to creating a strong developer experience, like someone who's trying to implement that and their company, uh, what would be the first thing you'd recommend then? Yeah, so I would say, um, I, I when I join a company, I like to do a, a little bit of an audit. So I sort of look through the different touch points uh, that they have available today. And I'll look at the journey and sort of think about what questions are we trying to answer. But if we're talking just concrete uh, artifacts or things that you would have as part of your developer experience, uh, I work with APIs a lot. So uh, a full API reference, which is, you know, top to bottom, every endpoint, every method, every parameter uh, accurately documented with human readable descriptions. So that that alone can be a challenge. But if you, you start there, I think that's very important. And then from there, I would layer on things like a getting started guide. I would put in your your use case guides, which can be like a recipe for how to actually accomplish a specific task, explain your authentication, all of those things. And then what we do at API-Matic is we, we actually build the SDK portion of it. And with each code library, we create um, essentially a version of your API reference, but it's all about how to use the different methods in your SDKs along with code samples and a way to interact with those code samples right from the documentation. So to me, that kind of takes it to this next level where it's not just here's a static piece of code, it's you can actually add and change the values and add and remove different properties that influence the code sample that's being provided. And then you just copy, paste, and you can run those code samples. So making sure they're runnable is a huge part of uh, the developer experience uh, as well. So all of those things to me 
um, make up the sort of foundation. And then from there, uh, I like to do starter projects. So put it up on GitHub, have your SDK there, have a, a fully runnable starter project that a developer can download, add their API keys and run it. And then and then I'll create a video, like uh, put it up on YouTube explaining how do you actually download and run this project. And those will be, you know, five or 10 minutes long. And and then developers will start commenting on your YouTube video and you, you know, share it on social media. So like just keep adding those extra layers and opportunities because every developer, I think, learns in a different way or learns in generally, you know, there are general ways in which they learn. And some mm. are very visual learners. Some just love to consume documentation. And so by providing multiple ways of learning, you're having the best opportunity to uh, have a good experience for as many developers as possible. Yeah, it's different ways of learning and is uh, just bringing back to what you said before, also how develop where developers are in the developer journey. Um, yeah. So I guess that also helps and is making their lives easier. Uh, one thing you were just saying about API-matic that you just have everything in one place, isn't it? They don't have to click off to go and, you know, trying to find a million in one thing somewhere else. So kind of facilitating their lives and their day to day. Yeah. 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 Actually, it's just a, um, in the interface, it's just a little drop down menu and you can switch from one language to the next and the whole documentation um, changes and it becomes uh, their preferred language. Uh, if you think about uh, a Python developer and a Java developer and a TypeScript engineer, they all feel a lot of a, a sense of pride in their community. And so when they see a company that has gone to the effort to create documentation specifically for them, they feel a real sense of, uh, of, uh, what's the term? I guess they, they, they feel, they feel understood. They mm. feel heard by the company and, and then they feel a, a greater sense of trust that, oh, wow, they get Python developers look at the great code samples they just provided to me. And even if I don't use the code samples, because some developers prefer to roll their own solutions, just having that available to them sends the message that we care about Python developers or we care about Java developers. And that um, builds that uh, next level of trust uh, between you and the developer, I think. And have you found that that was... Uh... With that feature, have you found the most success with that? Or would you say it's everything working together, basically, in API-matic to create the best experience? Yeah, I think it's it's everything working together. Uh, some, some of the feedback we've received from our customers um, is that because we've, we build documentation that has that interactivity, that a lot of the sales and enablement teams are using it as a no-code way of explaining the product visually and in, in an interactive way to the customers, and it actually helps them sell. So um, our customers are using it to uh, enable their their sales and, and uh, enablement teams to help onboard customers using the SDKs and the documentation that we generate for them. So I found that really fascinating and kind of validated some of the things I was um, uh, feeling ar around that sort of 
experience. Yeah, and it's the whole is sometimes it's not just a developer who you're talking to or who's looking at your page and so having that option it kind of you can reach a wider audience yeah 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 if you think about a product manager product managers may or may not have uh, engineering or coding backgrounds and if they do uh it's not what they do every day so to ask them to go and download a, a sample app or to spin up uh, a proof of concept in 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 node.js yeah maybe they could do it maybe they've done it in the past but if you could provide a way for them to explore your apis without having to write a bunch of code that just saves them uh, time and gets them more quickly to a yes, this is the right solution for us. Yeah, so another way that uh, developer experience team can support other teams. I guess I would just wrap this up by saying uh, another great tool that that isn't API-matic that I've used in the past is uh, Postman. And so Postman collections, you, you know, a lot of companies will just provide a downloadable Postman collection, but they now have these public workspaces that you can launch directly from your documentation with a link and it will open up the full um, Postman experience. And so you can interact uh, and uh, make API calls again, without having to write a bunch of code. And so that's another uh, option. And so while API-Matic offers that experience, um, I'm all in favor of you know providing as many ways mm. for companies to connect with their audience as possible. And that's another really great way. Yeah, no, thanks for that, for giving that example and API-Matic example as well. And um, do you have any other tips that uh, you'd like to share uh, with our listeners about either, you know, creating great DX or how DX can help other teams or vice versa? Oh, yeah. So um, I guess for me, having folks on your team who are... You could say whether they have the title DX or not, like having those that person or that team, whether it's a developer advocate or a team of advocates who are really thinking about this experience and helping to be that bridge. I I would say if you're a startup, getting them into your team, you know employee number 10, employee number 15. Like I know uh, it's important to hire engineers, but I, I think we we shouldn't underestimate the role if you're building a tool for a developer audience to have that advocate there who's having those conversations with your customers, who's listening to the pain points they're experiencing. They'll build content to educate, but they will also help, I think, educate your engineering and product teams to to level up your your experience and help you you know win with developers in that way. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Um, and yeah, I will just ask if there's anything else you'd like to share or any final thoughts on the topic. Yeah, well, uh, I guess I can give a plug for uh, a piece of content uh, that that I've just released uh, for API-Matic. It's pretty it's pretty uh, sizable project. It's called SDKs. Dot io uh, mm. that's SDKs with an S. Uh, go check it out. It's a resource for 
anyone building SDKs. So we understand that some people will automate building SDKs. So we talk about that, but we also know that some people have to build their SDKs from scratch because that's what their community needs. And so we've documented the best practices around that. And we're also doing some research around trends in the industry for people who build SDKs. So uh, it's a really great site. So go check that out. And uh, if you want to uh, go learn more about APIMatic, that's at APIMatic.io as well. No, no, great. Thank you. And I've just popped it up and it looks great. Um, as I said, sizable, but I think that's good having all the information uh, yeah. people need. So fantastic. Yeah. So thank you so much for speaking to me about this. And I feel like it's such an important topic, you know, continues to grow. I think it's good to have um to have an expert opinion on uh on the topic and where this it's going. So thank you. Thank you so much and yeah. uh have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of DevMar Debugged. If you want to hear more from professionals in the developer marketing world, subscribe to our podcast for more expert talks. See you on the next one.